Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as if you just got done seeing a really good movie, and now you want to talk about it with your best good buddies. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my best good buddies. First up, you know him, you love him. It's the man, it's the myth, it's the legend. Hey, it's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hey, folks at home. And of course, you know her. She's the ever so lovely. She's the ever so talented. Hey, it's Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. Uh, So guys, we have uh, a very fun show. It doesn't seem like a lot. But if this is your first time listening to this show, we always say that, and then our show, it ends up being like the longest show to date. (laughs) (laughs) It's always interesting, but it always becomes the longest show to date. Um, But we have a special treat for everybody here, Um, new audience members, um, and Dave. Hey, Dave. Hi, Um, Dave. (laughs) So Steven does not always get a chance to see the movies that we go out to see. Um, Lindley and I tend to see movies pretty regularly. Um, we see different types of movies a lot of times. Um, but no, I'd say most time we probably sync up in our, in our movie watching habits. Um, but this week is one of those special occasions where we have all seen the same movie. And I have got to say, <gasps> I have been waiting to talk about this. We are going to talk about us. Yeah. Not us, Popcorn Prattle, but us, the new horror thriller by Mr. Jordan Peele. And we got some thoughts. We got some words. We're going to have a very, very nice discussion about it, Um, as well as a couple of other things. Um, But first, before we get into it, let's go over the nittiest of gritties. If this is your first time listening to us and you're like, man, I really enjoy what Popcorn Prattle is bringing to the table, I want you to go to iTunes, go to Spotify, go to Stitcher, go to, you know, wherever you listen to a podcast. You can even listen to us on iHeartRadio right after you listen to the Ron Burgundy podcast. You can listen to us whenever you want, okay? Download us every other Sunday, and help us out. Put a little review up there for us on iTunes. Give us, you know, five stars, six stars, ten stars. I know those stars don't go that high, but guess what? Every little bit helps us out. So let everybody know that Popcorn Prattle is indeed the Film Talk podcast to listen to. (sighs) All right, you guys. I think that's everything. It's time for the show. Uh, Steven, Lindley, are you ready? Ready. Ready. Guys, let's prattle. So I think it's only fair that we start off the show this way. March movie musical madness as of this recording, um, or sorry, as of this release date, I guess I should say, um, will have ended. And even though, (laughs) even though... Uh, we probably won't announce the uh, the winner because we still we still have a few days of voting as of this recording. Um, yeah. It doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, <laughs> Lindley has still won. Yeah, I have. 
Two years this, in a row, baby. Look this at is, number three next year. This is bull. Okay, I'm just gonna, I said it last time, and I'm saying it this time, this is malarkey. This is utter malarkey. How is it malarkey? I'm winning fair and square. No, you're not. You're not winning fair and square. Excuse you. This is not fair at all. I, I was destined to be what is known in the UFC as the champ champ. In your mind. No, no. Everybody knows I should have been the champ champ. Okay, the audience How are knows you going it. Going to be the champ, champ. Or, 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 if I wasn't gonna win, Stephen should have won. And yet, here we are. Yes, we're here. We here because I, I would like, I would like to look at the ballots. I would like to look at the ballots. I feel they're like there on is the some Google Docs. There, I there. Well, I'm gonna look at it because there, there Go is something ahead. wrong. There's no way. There is no way. You're telling me because I'm looking at it right now. There is no way Chicago beat the producers. American Tale didn't beat Moulin Rouge. Okay, that the Prince of Egypt did not even get out of the gate. Are you kidding me? This is some bullcrap. This is bullcrap, and our audience knows it. Our audience are the one who voted. You're insulting the audience right now. No, 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 because I don't know who this quote-unquote audience is, all right? (laughs) But it's not, it's not, it's not any of the people that I know. Steven, uh, do you know anybody that would have voted, that would have not put American Tale in the finals? Okay, okay, look, I choose my friends carefully, so no. I do not. There you go. There it is right there. They are bots. I'm convinced this is rigged. Bots. They're bots. Collusion. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let's where's, not get into where's politics. Where's Robert Mueller? <laughs> Let's not get into politics on a film talk podcast. That is not a very smart idea. Lindley raises an astute point. Duly noted. I do raise an astute point. I'm just saying. And another point that I'm going to raise is that I made sure that you could only vote once. There are no double votes. We shared it fair and square on all of our sites. And this is what the people have chose. This is bull. This is utter bull. You know what's bull? You being such a sore loser. I am not being a sore loser, okay? I am already a champ, but I should be the champ champ, okay? Everybody knows it. And I don't know why I keep gesturing like I should have a belt. It's probably because I should have a belt by now. (laughs) And yet, here we are. I'm going to get you. Ladies and gentlemen, once more, I am the March Movie Madness champion. Two years running, looking to go for three, because as champ, I get to pick the category next year as well. You're going to run out of stuff. I've already said this, okay? I've already put a curse on you, like Celie did Mr. in the color purple, okay? What, it was the only way I'm going to break it is I had to carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain? No, no. What's going to happen Oh, first off, that's a whole different movie. So you're wrong, okay? <laughs> Secondly, all right, uh, the only, the, you're eventually going to have to pick something that either myself or Steven is a master at picking. 
And when that happens, I will gladly hand over my crown, which I am still waiting on. But until getting, that you're, moment, you're not getting a crown. Until I'm not that you a crown. moment, you're not getting a crown. I'm what you're still get. the champ. And we got to get through this podcast. So, Marcus, just accept the fact that you lost again, and let's move on. This is bull. This okay. is one of those times where I'm torn because it's like normally I would totally defend Lindley's obligation here because it's Steven, like... Steven, you're supposed to be on my side. No, well, Steve, see, don't tell Steven what a, to do. Y'all did make a deal, but I have to side with Marcus on this one. This is bull. This what? is malarkey. This, this is utter malarkey. You are okay? How, <laughs> we're sore so, losers. Okay? We are sore this losers. This is what I get. This is what... Because uh, <laughs> you know we're right. You no, know we're right. You're not right. You know we're right. That's I know how to play the game you. and thus... I win. This Move it along. You're not getting a crown. I'll get you a plaque, okay? I'll, I'll get accept you a, a I will plaque. pay for a plaque, but I am not I'm not paying for a crown. I'll accept a next plaque. Year, I'm waiting on it though. I'm waiting. Well, you know what? You'll get it. You'll get it the same time I get my belt. Cuz I'm getting a belt. Okay. A then just make sure I get a plaque with both of my victories on it. Can I get an ice cream cone? No, Stephen. Sure, no. Yes, Stephen. Stephen. Yes. What kind would you like? He didn't win anything. He hasn't won a thing. Let the he man gets have nothing. His ice cream cone. Hey, Fine. hey, you hey! Know what? You I can have an ice cream cone. Thing. What? I won Batman. What? Batman. I won the Batman oh, yeah, thing. He, oh yeah, he won the Batman pick. Oh yeah, he did win the Batman. Yeah, but that was like a that was just a poll. Okay, that wasn't a competition. But uh, let him have this. But speaking of Batman. Bull. See, I see what you're trying to do, Steven. No, I saw uh-huh. what he was trying to, yes, yes. Was trying to do, but I wasn't going to give him the victory. <laughs> he got to earn his victories. And that's At what least we give call him the irony. Segue, then. <laughs> At least give him the segue. Go ahead, Steven. So what, what, what are we talking about here? So, Zack Snyder. Um had some words for all the fans who had a problem with how he characterized Batman, specifically a Batman that kills many times. He had words. And what were those words? He said, beep, 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 all the fans, beep, 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 wah. He basically insulted all the fans. Yeah, he really did. I mean, audience, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it and and try to, like, clear up what Zack Snyder said because I honestly stopped listening after it was very clear he didn't care about what the fans thought, Wait. which I thought that was bull. Well, I actually haven't read what he said, so please enlighten me what he actually said. So basi- All right, so basically what he said was he was trying to justify what um like his vision of superheroes he thought it was dumb he he basically thought it was dumb that we as the fans thought that superheroes should not kill that this is the real world and then the real world <laughs> things get dark and in the real world superheroes would kill and i'm like that's literally the whole point of most of the superhero conundrums because they they don't kill. Like, 
Yeah, so if you're telling me, right, in there in there's in the Snyderverse that Batman will kill everybody but the Joker. Batman will kill everybody but Two Face or Harley Quinn or any of the other mass murdering psychopaths in Gotham. That makes zero sense. Well, you know, the other thing about it, though, is like the way he said it, he went full on Yui Bowl with it. Like he was like freaking mm. out pretty much. Um, and you're absolutely right, Marcus. That is the main dilemma of a lot of them. And it was just such a he was he also went on to say something like we had a really great concept for Justice League. And then some people got scared and they didn't like it. And it was like, well, because yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was so fundamentally flawed. And mm-hmm. but yeah, I think the funniest thing here is that he went full on Yui Bowl, like just totally bad mouthing everyone who disagreed or had problems. Um, Seems like there's a lot of that going around these days. Yeah. Oh wait. Sips tea in the corner. <laughs> I oh. I have the uh, I have the exact quote from him um he said in a very like graphic nature he said once you've lost your virginity to this effing movie then you come and say to me something about like my superhero wouldn't do that i'm like are you serious i'm like Um, down the effing road on that it's a cool point of view to be like my heroes are still innocent my heroes didn't effing lie to america my heroes didn't embezzle money from their corporations my heroes didn't commit any atrocities that's cool but you're living in an effing dream world so basically that was his excuse to making it dark it is a quote unquote pardon my language effing dream world because you know why it's fiction. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's what makes them it's fun. It's fiction. And I understand that me saying that, and it seems ridiculous getting so up in arms about something that is fiction. Something mm-hmm. that honestly, in the long run, won't matter. But it is still something that fans, the fans that he's making a movie of such property that has such a loyal fan base are truly passionate for. Mm -hmm. And yes, you can have your vision. That's fine. Some people, I do know people who legitimately like this movie, who legitimately like the Snyder universe, and that's fine. But it's all a matter of opinion. And you cannot attack the same people you're making this movie for for not liking it. Because you know what? It's their opinion. Mm-hmm. And getting so up in arms about this, like he is in such a, because how, what you just read, Marcus, mm-hmm. it, it, it made me a little mad. Yeah. Because I know he's probably frustrated that this movie has gotten such backlash because it's not a movie for everyone. It wasn't a movie for me. I don't think it was a movie for you guys, but there are people who it are, is a, it is a movie for. So be grateful that you do have people that like it. Take right. the criticism. Take it to heart. If you don't want to listen to it, that's fine. But let's move on. Mm. When did this movie come out? When did Batman v Superman come out? 2017? Uh, it's It's been a couple of years. It's been a, yeah, it's been a couple of it's years. It's been a couple of years. We all have the consensus that 
you know, maybe the DCEU, it didn't work. They're already saying they're pushing the restart button. So let's hit the restart button and move on with our nerdy lives. But you know what? You know what the funny thing is? I feel like the recent movies with uh, Aquaman, with Wonder Woman, Justice League to a certain extent, um, these are a lot more successful than Zack Snyder's vision for these movies. Because it's not bleak. You're having fun in the movies. Mm-hmm. This DCEU, it, the dark, gritty thing works for something like Watchmen. I'm one of the few people that I yeah. like his Watchmen movie. I it do too. It works for that universe. For mm-hmm. this, for what they were trying to accomplish, what they were trying to set up, what they were trying to, I'm sorry for saying this, what they were trying to copy from Marvel... Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. It but just see, doesn't work. But see, they they were trying to copy Marvel, but they also wanted to be like, let's make our let's make our product a lot more mature. But the thing is, is that Marvel had to earn your trust before they gave you those heavy topics, right? Mm-hmm. We had to work to get up to Winter Soldier. We had to work to get up to Civil War and that big emotional climax where. Yep. You know, Tony's like, don't bullshit me, Rogers. Did you know? Um, we had to work to get to Infinity War, where they Thanos literally kills levity. half the universe. You know? And it's like, and and you, you know, you have people crying. You know, Chris Evans just came out in a tweet. He said, like, in the first hour of Endgame, he cried three times. In, like, the first, in this three-hour movie, he cried Three times in the first hour, you know, and it's like, it's like, you know, you get that emotional weight because you earned it. You took your time with it. You let people know, like, these are heroes, right? They're the best of the best. But the one thing I loved about, and this is why in recent years, I've actually grown to like phase two a lot more, especially leading up to Age of Ultron. It shows that they're flawed, Every single one of them. Steve is this idealist, right? Tony has PTSD and, and is constantly overcorrecting. Bruce doesn't want to actually use his powers because he feels like he can't control them. And he can't. Everybody on the team. Thor. Thor is still doubting himself as a king. It shows that they're so flawed and you're so much more interested because you got to know them at their best. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, now get to know them at their worst. Yeah. I I saw an article on uh, on Facebook because, um, you know, everybody's been talking about Shuri. Um, I'm get, still upset. I know, I'm not right? I'm I'm just so sad. Um, you know, they were talking about uh, Shuri and then somebody, they got into a discussion about Black Panther and they were like, oh, I hated the Black Panther character in his own movie because he was, he was weak. He was stupid in Black Panther, but in, in Civil War, he was a badass. And then somebody pointed out, they were like, did we not want a character arc? Did we not want to see, like, a changing character after his traumatic experience in Civil War? They were like, his dad just died. He was upset. Like, he wanted, he just wanted to kill Bucky. And then he finds out 
you know, in like two, like a day later, oh, so the guy I've been chasing around the world isn't the guy who killed my dad? That it was this other guy who only killed him because he wanted to break up the Avengers, which he succeeded at? You know what? I'm gonna read I'm gonna reevaluate my life. That's just a good character. <laughs> okay? That's just a character arc. He they can't always be a badass. Again, if everyone's dark and brooding, no one can be Batman. You know? I just I don't understand like why why that's a hard concept to understand. Like you can't have these you can't have these traditionally light characters and then just make them dark mm-hmm. doesn't work but I don't know I I did have a question for you guys do oh. you think it's um, do you think DC might be more successful now with their change in tone because uh, Shazam is getting I don't know if it's getting good reviews but I think it's I think it's pretty high on Rotten Tomatoes yeah, right now 97% last time I checked oh that's pretty good I mean, that's probably, what was that? Is that up with Aquaman? I'm not sure. That's pretty good. I I, I think I'm going to see it next week. But I'm, uh, I'm not excited about this movie. Is that just me? I'm excited. Really? Just because I, I like Zachary Levi, and I think he'll, he's yeah. going to have fun with it. I was never into Chuck. I, I never... wasn't at the beginning, but a former friend of mine, they they had me watch it, and it's pretty good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I feel and like that's... also, he's Flynn Rider, so... He is. He is. I don't know. Stephen, what do you think? Um, well, I think they have a chance, definitely. I've never understood why everybody... Well, not everybody, but why a lot of people really want to see, like, the Snyder cuts of things. Um, because, I mean, you know, we saw the movies he did give us, and they weren't good. So I don't really understand what they were hoping to get out of uh, his version of the Justice League. Um, so I do think moving away from that is a good... gives them a good chance. Um, mm-hmm. Marcus, I mean, you know I'm not excited about Shazam. Because, I mean, right. it's, not, it's just not my cup of tea. Um but, you know, hey, I think, um, you know, when they said they were going to try to do their own thing instead of copying Marvel, I thought that was a good step to sobering up. So, and I mean, it looks like it is starting to work for them. So, hey, more power to them. That is true. It does. I do like that they are, like you said, like almost like trying to forge their own path with the comic book cinematic universe yeah which i mean again i've (laughs) it's funny because i feel like it's it's not hard for them because their cartoons are so good i don't like i don't get why it's so hard for them to master them like their movies but i um i watched suicide squad the other day yesterday actually Mm -hmm. oh you poor man it was it's it's bad. It's just <laughs> yeah. bad. Like I cannot get th- first off, I can't get through it. Second off, they cut things from the film in the TV version. 
like dumb things, not like good things, but just things I'm like, why would you cut that line out? Or why would you do this? Also, it's edited poorly. Yep. It's edited mm-hmm. so, like, it's very clear, like, you just cut it's, from a scene that clearly was, like, had some substance. That's what happens when you have a company that cuts trailers, cut an entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? They're going to make the first half look like a trailer, and what they have to do with the rest of the plot, they don't know what to do. So we'll just throw a bunch of crap Scott. Why did you bring up Suicide Squad, Marcus? I'm sorry, we were talking about DC. We were talking about DC's past, and you can't talk about DC's past without talking about Suicide Squad. But again, DC, they're hitting restart, so I'm going to hit restart, and I don't know anything about Suicide Squad again. Don't worry, Lindley. It's it's just the Suicide Squad now. Oh gosh. (laughs) It's different. They put the in front of it. It's like fast. It's like the Fast and the Furious. Oh, someone keep Idris Elba away from this because I want good things for Idris Elba. Idris Elba is probably the best thing that could have ever happened to them. Hey, <laughs> they were like, he's, oh, no, he's got, they got me a excited about Hobbs and Shaw. So there's there's a miracle power behind Idris Elba. I, Idris might be the new, uh, I guess, like the new kind of quote unquote rock. Because I feel like The Rock used to f- be that role. Rock used to be like, I'm going to come into a movie franchise and save it. Now it's like Idris Elba is like, I'm going to come into your movie franchise and I'm going to fix it for you. Don't worry. Also, here's my abs. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry, I'm drilling a little bit. Anyway, what were we talking about? Lindley, New York is changing you so much. Um <laughs> Um, what we were talking about, what we were going to talk about, we're, st- we're still in the, in the land of, of comics, because of course we are getting ready um, for our Avengers week, as we are, as we are nicknaming it. We, um, everybody in the Shenanigans Inc. family is going to have um, kind of like their own thing. I know we're going to have our panel. I don't know exactly what Mitchell has planned. I, I should probably tell him we're doing an, uh, an official Avengers week. You, you um, might need to, yeah, you might need to tell him. He'll be fine. I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> um, I know that uh, Sam uh, from Roll Initiative, he is actually putting together a D&D uh, kind of like a small session where we are all playing uh, as superheroes that have survived the snap, <gasps> and we're going oh, to take on Thanos. Yeah. And I'm I got I picked Iron Man. I got Iron Man. Ooh. Yeah, okay. I'm, a, I can I'm see playing it. Iron Man. I, can see it. Um, I don't know who I think Mitchell is playing Thor. Um, because he's a huge Thor fan. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh I know a couple of our other friends are playing, and of course you guys got invited. Um Steven, I know how much you've how much experience you've had with D and D and it was it was so much fun for you. Yeah, it was so much fun. I abandoned all of you. <laughs> yeah, he abandoned all his friends. Well, if you need a Black Widow, you can play. You can play whatever character you want. But yes, Black well, Black Widow is probably my the favorite. character. I can't play Scarlet Witch because she got Ash raptured. 
my gosh. <laughs> that just sounds... I am so specific. ready. I am so ready to play Squirrel Girl. It's going to be so fun. Absolutely nothing <gasps> bad's going to happen. Steven, you'd make a great Squirrel Girl. Woo! Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I literally... I literally could feel... Uh, the like the loud groan from the other side of like the world as as Dave listens to to Stephen talk about Squirrel Girl. Hey Dave, what is wrong squirrel with Squirrel Girl? Girl? No, no, no. It's not the fact that he's, it's not the fact that he doesn't like Squirrel Girl. Although he probably doesn't like Squirrel Girl, it's more the fact that he's probably like, does Stephen even know who Squirrel Girl is? She has all the powers Doreen? of Squirrel and all the powers yes. of a girl. Squirrel power. That is from an official Squirrels Marvel have fun. Um, Women of Marvel book that just came out, which no. it's brilliant with beautiful artwork. Please pick Ooh. it up if you have not. Yeah. But Squirrel Girl has a feature, and under powers it says, all the powers of a squirrel, all the powers of a girl. It's Aww. amazing. Well, that's fun. That's just good, clean family fun. You know what's also good, clean family fun? What? Deadpool. <laughs> At least he, he's going to have to be because, uh, audience, if you don't know this, it is official. Disney now has the rights to 21st Century Fox, mm-hmm. uh, which means that not only are a whole bunch of uh, studios that were uh, Fox um, subsidi- subsidiaries, um, not only are they getting closed and a lot of uh, tweens are getting angry because they will never get um, Love, Simon 2, I guess. I don't know. There was an article. I saw it. I ignored it. Um, I was more interested in the fact that Disney now has the rights to the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. I'm I'm pumped. Like, I can't even describe how pumped I am because we're going to finally have the X-Men in the MCU. And this is something that, you know, for a long time, we just, we just theorized. We were like, what, what could happen? What if? Now we don't have to say what if. Now we're going to see it. <laughs> Do you um, think except... they'll actually be more accurate to the X-Men of the comics this time? Well, I would say yes, because I would, my example would be, well, look what they've done with Spider-Man. But as we've said on the show, Steven doesn't like their Spider-Man. Because he's wrong. <laughs> it is not wrong. Whatever. We're not getting into this again. Hey, well, even, even the MCU movies aren't totally accurate. Well, I mean, we got to remember, too, like the, the, the MCU movies are in their own separate universe. Yeah. Um. It's not in the comic continuity. They've even come out and said that. Um, it's like in their multiverse. But what I mean is like, you know, the uh, original X-Men movies, I mean, they totally drop the ball like on Rogue's powers, Gambit, yeah. Jubilee, things yeah. like that, that like, you know, people want to see. Yeah, people wanted to see actual Rogue and also maybe a little Rogue and Gambit romance that was supposed to be there but no she got stuck with Iceman and then did not get stuck with Iceman <laughs> yeah cause remember, th- remember that remember Kitty Pride? yeah yeah I um 
I just feel like I feel like if you're gonna now that they have the X Men, it sounds to me like they have a plan. You know what I mean? Like it fe- it seems like they have a plan going into this. Like we might get the X Men. Let's set the table and leave some gaps open so that they're very easy to insert. Personally, you know what I would do? What would you do? If you don't, so I'm, so I'm nixing my, my uh, House of M storyline. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's why. Here's why, right? Because they're not bringing in McAvoy and gang. Mm-mm. You know, and fat ass and bender. They're not bringing. I believe the... you still call him fat ass bender. Look, his name is fat ass and bender. All right, they're not bringing them in. I feel like it's a mistake. I feel like it's a big mistake um, because those two were, those were two, besides obviously um, uh, Stewart and McKellen. Um, those two were like great portrayals of Professor X and Magneto. Yeah. Um, Especially a young version of them. I feel like if you're not going to bring them in, start from scratch. You know? The X-Men have not formed yet. Maybe a post-Endgame world, there's more reason for the X-Men to exist. But I don't want another first class, though. I... I feel like you're gonna have to. I feel like you're gonna first have to have a first good class as it was. It it was, and also House of M. They were the X Men were incredibly established by this point. Mm-hmm. You have to give that reason for in this alternate universe that Wanda Maximoff creates. Magneto is like the king of the world, but I and don't. The think mutants you... are treated as celebrities. But I don't feel like I feel like you don't even touch House of M yet. I feel like you got you got to build you just up to said that. House of M. Don't tease me. No, no, don't I tease said, me, Marcus, with House of M. I said don't do House of M. I was with you about House of M for a very long time. That that was the best way to bring in the X Men. No, not to bring them in. Let it develop a little bit, then give us House of M. Don't screw us up. Yeah, with House That's of what, M to begin with. We're on the same page. That's what I'm okay. saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't do House of M. Like, that's not going to make Especially now that they're not using the actors that they have now, I feel like you're going to have to change it. I say just have mutants always be there. Or you... or have the... In that, uh, when they reverse the snap, those people that come back have powers. It's like, a, it's a side effect of the snap. But that would make, that would make T'Challa a mutant, that would make Bucky a mutant. No, no, no. Not everybody. Not every. select few? Yeah. Like, just a select few that just so happen to not be the uh, cast of Avengers that we've already introduced. It's like random people, like Logan. You mean Jimmy? Yeah. No, no, shush. <laughs> shush, Steven. Shush. We don't bring up X-Men Origins Wolverine into this <laughs> conversation. We don't, we don't talk about that in this house. Oh, no. We don't talk about that. 
But yeah, you know you who just, else doesn't you, talk about that? Deadpool because he showed his showed his mouth shut. Let's let's not talk about that. That BS. <laughs> That's even worse than Jimmy. But then, but Deadpool, Deadpool uh, gets to be brought into the MCU with no problem. Which I feel like we've always thought that about Deadpool. That he was the one character that they could bring in and not, um, it not like be a big deal. See, I honestly think this is going to be harder. Why? Than where, because they've already established the whole Inhumans world. We've had so many movies and it's only been Inhumans, Inhumans, Inhumans. So I feel like that whole Inhumans mentality is going to clash with a mutant but not, mentality. But not in the MCU, not in the film verse, only at the television level. No, which... in the MCU too, because Wanda and Wanda was known as an Inhuman when she was like her, they were developing their powers in that little lab. They were called Inhumans, weren't Mm-mm. they? Mm-mm. They were called Miracles. Ugh. And then they've always called anybody else, they've always called them Enhanced. So they didn't even double down on the Inhumans thing in the films. Now, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they called them Inhumans. But so even... is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just going to be null and void at this point? I kind of think so. Are, have they even discussed the dusting in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, because uh, the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ends before uh, the snap. They do talk about Thanos. Like, that's the big climax, is that um, the big bad for this last season, he was basically trying to amass uh, enough energy to try and destroy Thanos. But he ends up, like, destroying the world um, on accident. And then, like, we, like, humanity basically lives in space. It was, it was a really cool episode. It was, I mean, a really cool season. Um, I I kind of watched it sporadically, but it was really cool concept-wise. Um, but they do reference Thanos. They just don't mention, like, the snap. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, I mean, they've always, I mean, even in the Marvel Netflix shows, they've always talked about um, special people, people with abilities. They just, they're tiptoeing around the word mutants. Right. And I, and that's why I feel like they've been, they've always been setting up the groundwork to say, like, these are mutants. They're miracles. Right. (laughs) What? miracles. So we know that on Disney Plus... Yes. A bunch of these characters are getting their own shows. Yes. With the cast of the MCU included. Yes. And we know that one of these shows is going to be with Vision and Wanda. Mm-hmm. What if that show is how they slowly introduce mutants into the MCU? You could you could bring it you could have a whole storyline I'm, it's not. It's not necessarily something I want. Mm-hmm. But going into Wanda's past about 
her family, how they ended up there. Oh, no, but her family, oh, shoot. But they said that their family died in Sokovia. They could do a whole thing about, like, that was that was never your family. Your father is this dude, and then mm-hmm. enter his Magneto. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not something I'm crazy about, but it's an option. It is. And also, too, um, you can kind of, I mean, actually, Lindley, just thinking about it, that makes the most sense. Because think about this, right? Think about how they've treated Wanda. She's they, been a side character this whole time, and I'm... She, she has, but this is this is their way. Actually, actually, go with me on this, okay? This is how you get a kind of like pseudo House of M. You make it, it's almost like, I'm almost combining like, this is the better version of Dark Phoenix, the story they should be telling, mixed in with House of M. Basically, Magneto shows up, super powerful. Like, he's very clearly Omega-level mutant. He is wrecking house, right? Mm-hmm. The Avengers try to stop him. They don't. And then Magneto's like, I came here for... And, like, he takes on Wanda, and he's like, you're so... He's like, you're powerful. Like, I expect nothing less for my daughter. And then and gas she's cut like, to black. Right. And, he's, and she's like, what? And then, yeah. And you, you use the TV show right to build up towards an x-men movie because if he thrashes the avengers earth's mightiest heroes who's left to take on magneto okay you know like and that's and you and so you i would use these i would use these disney plus marvel shows make these springboards to the movies you know get us behind these characters let us learn the lore Spend your time establishing the lore in the in the TV shows. Don't waste your time in the movies. Because from a marketing standpoint, too, you're basically saying, like, in order to understand this movie, you got to watch the show. And some people will do it just because they love these characters and they've been waiting for, like, a fleshed out story. That's what I think. I guess we'll just have to see in April, won't we? How it's all gonna we certainly will pan out. But I, I, I did, I did want to just, I just want to just recap a second because I don't think we we really touched on it. Um, you meant you did mention though that Deadpool would be the hardest one to bring in. Yeah, just because of it's Disney. Oh, like if they're gonna keep him rated R. I, well, I think Disney's already confirmed that it's they're going to keep it rated R. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're never so. going to see Deadpool in the parks. They're not going to they're oh, not going to push no. it like their other properties. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't well, I don't know. Did you all ever go Did you all go ever go to Disney when they had a Alien Encounter? Yes, and it scared the bejeebus out of me. Steven, did you ever hear about Alien Encounter? Um, I think so. It's basically like you're stuck in a room. Yes. Like you're in a seat that has like a roller coaster harness over your shoulder, so you can't move or get up. You're supposed to be in this demonstration about a 
of transportation mm-hmm. of kind of like beaming or whatever it was called. I blocked it out of my memory because I was terrified of it. <laughs> and then this huge, scary alien, almost reminiscent to the alien from the, the Ridley Scott movies, breaks out. You're in total darkness while this terrifying creature is supposedly stalking around you. You can feel it breathing on you. And then all of a sudden, like, there are flashes and you see the creature. It, for a kid? Thanks a lot, Michael Eisner. You're the reason for my nightmares. It legit, Stephen, it kills a guy. Because there's a part, there's a part in it where like this, like this guy like shines a light down at you. He's like, "Hey, are you guys down there? Hey, hey, do you guys need help? All right, hold on a second. What was that?" And then the alien kills him, and you get splattered with his blood. But it's yes. not as bad as the crappy Lilo and Stitch overlay they did on it. Oh yeah, because they realized it was way too scary. For families and a lot of, you know, moms with a let me speak to your manager haircut complained. <laughs> and then we got to, Stitch's to a lot Great of Escape. <laughs> it ran for a while, then it ran seasonally, and now it's just collecting dust while there's a meet and greet for Stitch. I know way too much about Disney Parks. That's almost all I watch on YouTube. That and Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> I didn't even try finding it because after I found out about uh, the Stitch ride, I was like, "I'm I'm done with this. That I can't." Stupid! It's basically the same thing, but they just replaced the terrifying creature with Stitch, and they added, you know, he burps in your face. Yeah. But you're still in total darkness while an alien is running around the room. I hate that. That's just, that's just And you're harnessed in. You are harnessed in. And you can't move. I, uh, Michael Eisner, I I don't know. I would have killed. Some things, but other things. mm. I would have killed to have been in that room with you, Lindley. (laughs) The first time you ever, ever got in that. You would have, you would have killed to be there with little, little innocent Lindley terrified out of her mind. You're sick, Marcus. <laughs> I, I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm not sick. What is sick is the terrifying new movie by Jordan Peele. Known as <laughs> us. Yeah, We're on it there. with the segue game I know, today, right? We get so proud of ourselves with our segues. People are probably like, <laughs> it wasn't that great. It wasn't. <laughs> it For was us, just, it's an accomplishment. Okay? It was okay. They did it. It was there. I don't know why they feel so proud of their segues. Um, audience, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about us. Stay tuned. Hello there, everybody. My name is Mitchell Hansen, and I'm the host and creator of Not So Famous, a new twist on a variety show structured to bring you news, entertainment, laughs, and personal quandaries as we interview a different artist each episode on what they've been up to, what makes them tick, and how art is at the core of what makes us human. You can catch us pretty much bi-weekly on Spotify, iTunes, or Podbean, and this show wouldn't be possible without the generous love and support from our executive producer, Marcus Sally, over at Shenanigans Incorporated. 
Incorporated. So go grab your morning cup of coffee or that late night glass of wine and settle into your next episode of Not So Famous. We're glad you're here. It's main event time. So, us... Uh, finally released. It got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It was already um, trending very well at the box office before it even opened. Um, and I got a—I actually got a chance to see it first. Normally, it's Lindley that gets a chance to see the movies first. So I was very proud. Um, <laughs> but I immediately got out of um, got out of the theater, and I texted these two in our group text. And audience, just to let you know, we are not going to spoil the movie for you at first. We're going to tell you our initial thoughts and why you should go see the movie. And then we're going to give you a chance to leave. And after that chance, we're going to talk about it. Because each of us has been chomping at the bit to talk about it with the other without spoiling it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So we are going to talk about it. Um, but we're going to give you a chance to leave. Um, end of warning. So when I when I saw us and I got out of the theater and I texted these guys, um, I immediately started, uh, I just texted them, if you liked the birds, you will like us. And I'm still trying to understand why you said that. I'll explain. For me, because I teach um, Alfred Hitchcock with my colleague, she developed this lesson where our students make Alfred Hitchcock films every year. Um, And so I've kind of adopted it myself. And so we watch two Alfred Hitchcock films and occasionally we'll watch The Birds if we have extra time. Excuse me. Um, And we were, um, whenever I watch The Birds, the only thing I think of when I watch it is this overwhelming sense of dread. This idea that at any moment they're going to die, that these birds are going to finally catch up with them and they're going to kill them. And you never know why the birds are attacking. You never find that out the entire time. You know, you get theories. You get people wondering why the birds attacked but you never know exactly what it is that is causing all of this nonsense to happen. And that's the same thing I felt for pretty much the majority of us. I was intrigued. I loved the story. But I was constantly wondering, I was like, why are these things, why are these doppelgangers attacking them? Why are they wearing these suits? Why are they having these gold uh, 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 scissors? Why do they have the gloves? What is the purpose? What What is happening? Is there like a mad scientist that has let them go? What is it? Um, ultimately, you do find out the answer. But even then, even after you find out the answer, if you guys remember, there's that shot in the birds where like they go... And they're in a they're in their car, right? Mm-hmm. And they go through the birds very slowly because they're the birds are pretty much, you know, they're calm right now. And you they go they go around the corner and you have no idea what's happened to them. You don't know if the birds got attacked them, you don't know if they got out, you don't know if the birds are other places. 
You just know that they're gone. And it's the same thing at the end. You don't know what's going to happen. You just know that something, something went down. But what was it? And that's why, well, that's why I compare it to the birds. Okay, I can see end of, that. End of spoiler-free thing, because that was very hard not to spoil anything towards the end. <laughs> I was like, ooh, you're about to give away the ending. <laughs> um, Lindley, you got to see it. No. Yeah. Yeah, you got to see it second. I saw it Monday. So what did you think? I liked it. Uh, Spoiler-free, I liked it. I thought... From a cinematography standpoint, it was great. There were just these little hints of things that, you know, if you go back and think about, you're like, oh, that was symbolism for this and this and this and this. Um, it was great. I agree with you, Marcus. It it did have that sense of dread. And it stayed with you the entire movie because by the end of it, like there was people moving around in the theater and just by watching that and that how like I was on edge. Mm -hmm. I was like, don't know what to do. Uh, So thought that aspect was done really well. Lupita Nyong'o, oh my gosh. She's a powerhouse. She's a powerhouse. Why she's not in every single movie, I don't know. We're going to dig heavily into her uh, during during the spoiler side. But you are absolutely right. Yeah. She's she's fantastic. I will say though, the, I I think this is my I have a my two biggest criticisms. Mm-hmm. The one I'll get to in the spoiler thing. But there are so many layers to this movie. Mm-hmm. So many layers, layers that I'm still unpacking myself. Mm-hmm. As I continue to unpack it. It's a little overwhelming mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you think that the message is going to be one thing. Then you think about another thing. Then you think, well, if this is the case, then what about this? And so it's almost, it feels like almost too much to unpack. And the, the message itself or what the film is trying to say it's not as clear as it could have been. What I appreciated about Get Out was the message of the film was clear, but it also was not spoon-fed to you. Mm-hmm. There's so much, the, just the attention to detail in Get Out, the clear message of the movie was clear, but still not easy. You could still unpack it. With this one, the amount of unpacking that there was left to be done by the end of the film kind of I don't know I'm trying I'm trying to find the words it, it was just a little overwhelming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sometimes that takes me out of things right by the end right. of the movie be like okay this but then what was this okay that was this but then what does this mean about this and this and this I think that's my biggest criticism of the film. But again, that doesn't make it bad. It was a fantastic film. And what it had to say, I think, is prevalent. Mm -hmm. I just wish there was one... I I think there was a... 
Oh, sorry. Words are hard. I think there was a main topic, but there mm-hmm. were other things that sprouted from that topic. Right. That got into such a wide area. Mm-hmm. I wish it was a little bit more straightforward. I I want to I want to come back to, I want to come back to this when once okay. we start with spoilers. Again, I'm trying this is this is the, what's making it difficult is not spoiling it right now. Right, That's of course. That's why words of are course. hard. Yeah. Um, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But definitely definitely uh, bring that up again because there's something there's something that you said that I want to to kind of dig on, especially with the comparisons to Get Out. Um, Steven, you got a chance to see it last with your lovely wife, Anna. Hey, Anna. Sorry, we scared you, Anna. <laughs> what? Uh, how did you two enjoy it? Well, y'all pretty much uh, said everything that can be said. Honestly, really enjoyed it. Um, honestly, uh, Lindley, I'm glad you brought up the unpacking uh, of all the layers because that's actually one of the things I've been really enjoying a lot about this movie. Oh, okay. Um, is, I mean, just as someone who is a total English major dork, um, <laughs> I just I love all the heavy symbolism in it. And um, so... Yeah, I've I've been enjoying the unpacking, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. So That was going to be my that was my thing too, Stephen. I I actually really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um all right, guys, I think we have bitten our tongues long enough. Audience, everyone here is telling you to go see us. Okay? Um Go see. Yes, please. Don't, and matter of fact, and, and, and again, and we've said this on the show before, um, and especially if this is your last time um, listening to us before you go to the movies, you know, you go on Fandango and you go get your tickets, um, you know, make sure that you make your own decision about us, you know? I mean, like, mm-hmm. we, we don't have the same opinion, all three of us. Um, it's similar, but we all like different aspects of it. Um, and that's fine. That's okay. Um, you might go see us and you might not like it. Uh, but if you do like it or if you don't like it, um, definitely come back to, uh, come back and listen to the rest of the show because I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to want to know, um, really in depth, uh, what we, uh, what we thought about it and what the future could hold for movies like this. Um, so you get three seconds to leave. Three, two, one. All right, if you're staying, there's going to be spoilers from here on out. Um, all right. First, I wanna go I wanna go back to to what you were saying, Lindley. Um, with the comparisons to get out. Because with a movie like this, you can't help but compare it to get out. Yeah. I I and I understand this is a completely different film from Get Out. Right. But it, it's also hard not to compare it to Get Out. Absolutely. I mean it's 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 like um I mean I compare Tarantino films to other Tarantino films. Same. You know? It's it's hard not Same to even Scorsese though Scorsese films. You can pair Scorsese with Scorsese. Yeah. Even though they're even though their films are different. It's like, well, you know, you want to compare this person's body of work to their later body of work or like the next mm-hmm. thing. Um, and 
for me, I um, I immediately went online and read articles because before I saw Get Out, I actually watched a video of Jordan Peele going over all of the details, all of like the the clues, the hints at the larger theme in Get Out. Mm-hmm. Had I not seen that, I would have not gotten half that stuff because it's deep as fudge. Only okay. he didn't say fudge. He said the <laughs> word. A Christmas dash, story. Dash, dash, word. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot a dash. Sorry. Um, you. I mean, it's like... It's like it, there's so there's so much going on in Get Out um, to the point that a lot of the critics of Get Out that's what they said they didn't like that part of it they they thought that it was too much so when he did us he kept it simple to me see, I think it's the opposite I think it's the complete opposite oh see I I don't think us is that is that complex of a movie although. Having said that, um, this movie has stayed on my mind since I've seen it. Yep. Um, since I've seen it, I have constantly been thinking about this movie, what the themes are. Um, but the, here's what I really love about this, right? And you're going to love this. Because it's a great, it's a sign of a great movie to me. Um, Jordan Peele said in an interview, he was like, you need to see it again. Yeah. He's like, you're not going to get it all in the first viewing. He's like, because now that you've seen it, he's like, go watch it again. He's like, you're going to discover more things. And when I was watching Get Out with you all, mm-hmm. I saw so many new things, you know, that I was like, I want to talk to it, but I'm like, I'll spoil the ending. Um, I'll spoil like all the twists from this movie. <laughs> But it was like it was like watching a completely different movie, and it's incredible that he's able to do that. You know that he's able to like to craft this this masterfully told story, and then say if you watch it again with the not with the with your new knowledge, you're gonna discover more things. If you watch it a third time, you're gonna discover more things. It's incredible. It's it's absolutely incredible, and I think that just shows he is definitely one of the new great directors of our time. I will go on record and say that, um, which is you know amazing because I remember him from Key and Peele and yep. Mad TV, Mad TV, you know, yep. and think and when someone told me like Jordan Peele is making a horror movie, I was like, okay. It's going to be funny, right? And yeah, there's comedic moments. There's comedic moments yeah. in, in us. But and I appreciated that. I loved... Mm-hmm. It wasn't over the top, but the comedy that was included in the movie, I thought it was it was really refreshing. It wasn't yeah. all dark and gloom. There was some levity to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you need that. You need that in a horror movie, especially. We don't get that as much anymore. Um they're always so serious. Um, yeah. They're always, they're always just so. <sighs> they're boring they... is what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Because when, when there's no joy to kind of mm. contrast the horror with, 
it's just one note. It's very boring. You get bland mm-hmm. characters, and they always just build up to a jump scare. And mm-hmm. I which, did not feel like that happened in this movie. It had and there was a lack of jump scares too. Which yeah, I really it's like it mm-hmm. built up genuine tension and suspense. Yeah. That's where the strength of this movie lied. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, look of all of the uh, doppelgangers just was so unsettling. Yep. Each and every one of them, like, just, you knew their personality, right? And the terror in their faces when they're, like, sitting by the fire. Oh. Chills up my spine. It's so good. I'm interested, Stephen, because I I made the comment about this having a lot of classic horror movie tropes. That there are a lot of things in here that I'm like, oh, that's pure Hitchcock. You and know, it's, that's... it's also very reminiscent of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yes. Um, did you guys get that too? Like that kind of like classic movie feel of like even even the camera shots I felt were very reminiscent of like old school horror movies. The beach scene in especially. Mm-hmm. Someone pointed this out to me where when they're walking and you see like their shadows are just so overpowering. Mm-hmm. That was one of their shots. Hmm. Uh, what about you, Steven? I was going to say, I think he took a lot of the tropes. You can certainly see the influence, mm-hmm. um, but I think what he did really cleverly, and this kind of goes back to uh, unpacking the symbolism. He mm-hmm. kind of inverted them and subverted them in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, okay, in um, in visual media, the uh, act of passing through water or passing, like, through rain is a symbol of rebirth, basically. Mm. And if you notice at the beginning there, right before she... We're in the spoiler section, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Don't okay, worry. Good. All, right. All right, good. I'm going to spoil this so bad. Um, uh. But basically, uh, right before she goes into the um, uh, haunted house thing, it starts raining. It starts to rain. But if you notice, it doesn't really start raining until after she enters it. Mm. And, you know, you get the twist at the end where you find out, you know, that they were switched. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's kind of like it's in it's it's almost like he's subverting that idea. And he Mm. just keeps doing this over and over again. You see the lights flicker out when that um, kind of real douchey family uh, are like, eh, can you go check the power? Uh, I don't want to. I want to sit in my comfy chair. Right. And then just like you're expecting a jump scare and it doesn't come. They just kind of the, the doppelgangers just kind of walks in and they start yep. hacking and slashing people. It's like, oh, yeah. my God. It's like yeah. you didn't even not need... expecting. No, I just thought that they were going to be the only doppelgangers. Uh, Lupita and Winston Duke's family. And then it goes Mm -hmm. straight up War of the Worlds when it's like, no, everyone has a doppelganger that's trying to kill them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can I make a confession, though? Go ahead. I wasn't crazy about the the switch. I called the switch from the beginning. See, I didn't, but when I saw it, I was like, I feel like I've seen this twist before. So it it wasn't, it was not the best twist ending, but I didn't mind it. Here's As, what I like. Yeah, go here's, ahead. What, 
here's what I liked about it though. He made me forget about the clues in the beginning. Yeah. You know, because as soon as the mom was like, that's not my little girl, I was like, oh, they got switched. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, and then that's like, what, the first 15 minutes? I was like, oh, they got switched. But then I forgot. I, I was like, it... I was like, oh, I guess maybe they didn't get switched. Maybe this is the girl. Like, she's just constantly waiting for this other to show up. I thought the message was going to be different because they kind of portrayed the dad as kind of a a not so great guy, mm-hmm. like careless and f- like like fancy free. And then when they're at the doctor and he just kind of gives her, I thought there was going to be like that was going to tie into that somehow, like a a not so great relationship without going into any detail for trigger mm. warnings. Um, but then it, and this is what I was kind of talking about with the deeper meanings and how I wasn't sure where it was going because I, I can see one of the meanings of the movie being like, oh, you're your own worst enemy. That's kind Mm. of a, that's kind of a basic when you think about it with the whole tethered thing and like them being a copy of yourselves and they knowing you're your every move and the controlling part. And then I was talking to my friend about it and he was saying that the whole, the tethered, the people who look like us, who are in any other sense, they are us. Like the kid said, it's us Mm -hmm. being kept underground, being treated so poorly, you know, eating raw rabbits while the, it's the whole story of the shadow that, Mm -hmm. Let, I'm, I'm calling, as people have begun to call them, Adelaine and Red. Right. As far as, like, the different tethers. The story that Red said was, like, these people are exactly the same. One person gets luxury. The other is destitute and just bad. Gets, is, just gets nothing. Mm-hmm. The short end of the stick, as it were. Mm-hmm. And how that is a metaphor for... You know, in our society, people who we we are the same flesh and blood, and yet they are treated as second-class citizens. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about that, it starts becoming clear that that was mm-hmm. the case the whole time. But then you have the thing with the helping hands at the end and making a wall. And I'm like, is that a metaphor too? Or was that just because it was on the shirt? For me, it there, was... There's still so much unpacking that's left to do in this movie. For me, it was, you know, the holding hands thing. That was them, you know, basically... It was it was an uprising. It was an uprising for them to say, we are Americans too. Mm-hmm. We deserve this country just as much as you all do. Yeah, and that line. That line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, who like, are, you? are we you? are We are Americans. Yeah, yeah that, that stuck out to me the most. And it's and it's stuck with me for for days. Sorry, Stephen. Go ahead. Well, one thing I was talking about with Anna was even the title. You know, we read it as us, but I mean, when she was like, "We're Americans," it made me think like, "Well, us, U.S." US. So mm. I do think I do kind of like that idea. Also, the fact that their um, uniform or their outfits were all red. I mm. think that's something I've been thinking about. I haven't quite figured out what it's supposed to mean 
or at least what I think it means yet, because red can have so many different meanings. Mm. And so I'm still trying to, I'm still thinking on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But it also, the speaking, Stephen, of those jumpsuits, it the whole ending also brings up so much more questions. Like, mm-hmm. how long was she, you know, how long was the real girl that was taken and mm-hmm. switched with the tethered? How long was she chained to the bed? How long, you know, until someone realized she didn't belong there? Why didn't she try running away? Uh, where was this government project? Why were they abandoned? Um, how did those rabbits keep for so long? The, there's still so many questions. I think that's why I wasn't such a fan of the ending, because it brought up more questions than answers. Here's the cool thing that I read like, in How my did article. they get all those scissors and jumpsuits? Right. <laughs> but here's here's the fun thing. He knows it. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele, he's he's come out and he said like he's like oh there's a whole backstory that he has locked up, and somebody and somebody made mention they were like, is there a possibility that we could see more of this particular story? And he just kind of like apparently he just kind of shrugged and was like, I mean, you guys saw what happened with Unbreakable, right? And so he just left like- it at that. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. but now whether or not he actually like, falls through with that, I mean, personally, personally, I like the fact that you don't tell anybody that yeah. you yourself know, your actors know, um, but we don't. I feel like we we don't always need to know. No. Sometimes, sometimes it's nice not to know. I think knowing certain answers kind of can also ruin the suspense. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Like it's like you've made such a good movie. I I you know what? I'm okay with not knowing. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, one thing oh, there was a very I found this out too that's very cool that no one would have known um unless you you know, looked up spoilers from the beginning. Um, Red's voice. Yep. Do you guys it's- did you guys hear why she ta- why she sounds like that? Her windpipe was bro- broken when the other choked her. No. What? That's not why. It was so apparently when people go through a traumatic experience, that's the voice that they make or they can make. And Lupita trained with <gasps> vo- with vocal uh, coaches to get that voice to give people a hint. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's why. Because then they were. Then she was like. Then someone was like. That also explains why Red is the only one who can speak. Yeah, because all of the others croak. Right. They're like that was another clue that she was different from the other ones. That it, it wasn't just she was more than just the leader. I also, um. This was one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard for... The opening titles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Okay, I gotta I gotta give this story. So, uh, when I was buying the tickets for this, I asked Anna if she wanted to go see it with me. And uh, she was like, yeah, sure. And then a few days later, I started reading like, oh, apparently this has some blood 
in it. And she was like, "Uh, if this movie scares me, you're in trouble. And I kid you not, the moment it starts showing the rabbits at the beginning and they start playing that creepy music, the Santos Dominus, like she looked at me like, you're in big trouble. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, oh God. I was just like sitting there thinking like, I can hear Marcus loving this right now. (laughs) I, um... No, that that got me, but then, and I and I've said this in the last episode, um, the use of I got five on it, again that 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 really kind of hit home to me, and I thought, okay, like that's cool, they're using this for the trailer, and then you're doing the slow down cover, you know, for the scary bit. But they used it in the movie too. Yes, and it was something that for me, it just I I listened to that. Um, I've listened to, I've listened to the song like on Spotify and it is, number one, it's terrifying to listen to. Yeah. Number two, it's so much fun. It's I'm not so much fun, but it's so interesting to watch this final battle between the two in this basically choreographed ballet. Yeah. Between these two trying for like trying to get dominance. Mm-hmm. Um... I just, I, I mean, I was just like, Jordan Peele, like, why are you so good? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, my it's gosh. It's also refreshing with that actually using the, the cover mm-hmm. in the film. Because we've had two trailers that came out just today. Right. Both the Godzilla King of Monsters or whatever it's called in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. They mm-hmm. both use a slowed down cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and you know that's not going to be in the movie. Right. And for that trope in a trailer to actually be used for a reason in the film, mm-hmm. so refreshing. And yep. Steven, I know you'll agree with me. Oh, 100%. Um, I always wondered, though. Did it help that you guys weren't familiar with the song? Like, I, I knew the song from the trailer. Mm-hmm. I did, too. But I mean, like, prior to the movie. So, I wait, is, like, it, it, is it like it, an actual song? I got five on it? No, not Bro, I that's, got five, the ballerina song. I it's, well, it's, it's, I got five on it. That's what it is. It's the, it's oh. the beat from it. Yeah. You know, I feel like I have heard that song before, but I'm just gonna say I'm sh- no. I'm sure. I'm sure you. I mean, it's like it's such an iconic. Like, I would say maybe not you, Lindley, because it's older than you. But it was like I was like five. I was like four or five when I got five on it came out. Um, and like I said, like it just to me, like again, it just it brought up memories. It brought up like warm, fuzzy feelings. And then to hear it in this sinister way, and especially when I heard it, like, when it came up in that final scene, I just, I was, I was literally on the edge of my seat, just in sheer terror, because I didn't know what was going to happen. And of course, at that time, I didn't know, I completely forgot that, um, that I thought they got switched. Because Mm -hmm. by this time, I thought that. Adelaide was the real Adelaide. I didn't think she was the the other. Mm-hmm. 
Ugh. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. It is a really good movie. It is and I want to, and I want to end. I want to end the show with this because we brought it up. We haven't talked about it. We haven't done a shameless plug for it. Um, but uh, on the Film Talk podcast, uh, Film Talk group, um, I put up an article about um, about uh, uh, you know incredible horror movie performances, and Lupita's is amazing. Mm-hmm absolutely incredible and you know i'm looking at the i'm just looking at the picture right now i didn't open up the article um but i'm looking at the picture here right now but you have um tony collette in this who apparently i guess her her i still haven't seen it but her performance in hereditary is apparently phenomenal oh my gosh that movie and then you've got james mcavoy with his character from split well, and characters. easily the best part of Glass. Oh, e- easily. Easily. Should, I, I mean, if we're going to start looking at, you know, um, comic books, you know, Black Panther just got, you know, a nomination and won Oscars, um, but it got nominated for Best Picture. I'm not saying us should be nominated for Best Picture, though I feel like an argument can be made for it to be considered best picture. Lupita definitely deserves to get the Oscar nom next year. The amount of work that this woman did for this one role and then to make both the characters so different. She apparently didn't break character on the days that she was playing Red. Oh, gosh. And, like, Jordan Peele was like, yeah, I had to go in there. And talk to her. And she he was like, she wouldn't blink. And she would use the voice to talk to him. That's that's terrifying. That <laughs> okay. would be absolutely terrifying, yeah. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? I mean, that would be fun to work with somebody like that. Did y'all ever do that? I don't, I don't I, know. I could not. I see not I, to that intensity. I would have to take breaks, honestly, personally. I don't understand like how you I've never felt maybe that's because we've like from with our training, right? We I mean we're not we're not trained that way to do that. So to me it's such a foreign concept, but it's I don't know, for some actors it just seems really easy to do that. And I'm like why? Why is that your first choice to get to the heart of the character? I feel like it's an ex- it's Meisner taken to the extreme hmm. because it's because I remember an exercise in Meisner where, mm-hmm. you know, you had to kind of take a few minutes to just embrace the realities of that character. And this is just simply staying in that mood and mindset longer. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, it does require a lot of intense, um, you know, dedication and devotion because, I mean, at some point for me personally, I, I got to go back to being Steven. I can't, right. I can't, <laughs> I can't, you know, come home and, you know, still be, uh, you know, mm. whoever in, in whatever I'm in, I've got to, I have to take a break. 
Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, more power to her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, audience, it is getting late. Um, and I've had such a fun time talking with you guys about this movie. I know that we can probably talk about this movie for hours, but <laughs> I am tired. And, Lindley, you were right, of course. Um, we are still ending at the normal time that we normally do with our show, <laughs> even though it was a shorter, even though it was a, you know, quote unquote, shorter show this, uh, this week. I'm glad, um, I glad, I'm glad I did not suggest doing a, um, Netflix picks or, uh, yeah. box office, uh, box office or red box it. Um, not that any of us were going to go see Dumbo. No. oh man we're laughing we're having a good time hopefully audience you guys had a good time let us know in the comments uh tweet at us go look us up on instagram um let us know if you uh what you guys thought of us did you like it did you not like it um i actually met a woman the other day um who overheard me talking about us i hadn't seen it yet and she was very adamant that like us was horrible. Really? She was like, "That's the." She was like, "That's the worst movie I've ever seen." I laughed the entire time. <laughs> really? Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were people laughing in my theater, and I was two seconds away from, you know, becoming Karen with the super mom haircut, um, <laughs> and being like, "Let me talk to your manager because people are laughing in the theater." That almost happened. It didn't. Your cell phones. <laughs> uh, I just need a private theater to watch movies. I can't. I can't deal. Same. <laughs> Same. Oh my goodness. Well, <clears throat> Stephen, if the folks want to talk to you more, and they're like they they're like they want to take advantage of the fact that you saw this movie, and they want to talk more about it with you. Uh, where can the folks at home reach you? Folks at home, you can head over to YouTube, subscribe to my channel, uh, just type in Bailey's Film Workshop, or you can follow me on Twitter, at Bailey's Workshop. Lindley, where can the folks at home reach you? Folks at home, you can reach me mostly on Instagram, at Little Lottie, that's L-O-T-T-I-E. I'll be looking out, I've got a cosplay shoot coming up this week, Ooh. so that's going to be fun. Um, uh, spoilers, it's Outlander themed. Um, and also you can get in touch with us on the popcorn prattle, just straight popcorn prattle Instagram as well. Uh, since we've been doing the March movie musical madness, we've, we've done a lot on there. We've posted about the polls. Um, we've done a lot in the Instagram stories, uh, more polls. We are asking people questions. So please go follow us on Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and if there's, uh, you know, any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. And of course, folks, home, you can always reach me on my own personal Twitter at mark m a r c underscore laroy l a r o y. Uh, you can also hit me up on that Twitter though, p o p c o r n popcorn underscore prattle p r a t t l e. Look for us on. Uh, Facebook, look for us on our Facebook group, 
And um, if you would like to enjoy more of the Shenanigans Inc. family, because guess what? There's more of us, and we talk about different things. Um, go check out Not So Famous with Mitchell Hansen. Uh, go check out Roll Initiative. Um, we are not doing the Avengers thing just yet. We are still working in a fantasy world where I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know that I'm doing it incredibly well, um, or at least that's what Sam keeps telling me to make me feel better about me rolling a one every time. Um, if you don't know what that means, watch the show. You'll understand. Um, and, of course, check me out on Continuum Force. I think the, se- the mid-season finale um, has just released, so go check that out as well. Ugh. I do too much. Guys, I love you. I want some more of you. Oh, but <laughs> I have to go to bed because I have to get ready to see Lindley again <laughs> this week for WrestleMania, baby! Lindley's not going to WrestleMania. <laughs> yes. Lindley's just happy. She's like, she's like, oh, someone's coming to see Hades Town with me. I don't care about that wrestling business. <laughs> I've waited so long for this musical. It's gonna you be have. good. It's gonna be a good time. Um and hopefully, you know, we're gonna we're gonna tag team um wrestling terminology. We're gonna tag team and try to get Calvin on the uh one hundredth episode. Yay! We're gonna talk him into it. Um all right. Audience, before we leave, I leave you with this. From all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Make good choices. Your doppelgangers behind you.